Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Oh, kids, you look like we're going to another funeral. Dad, we're bored. You teach your children a lot of good American values, but have you taught them how to have fun? For family entertainment that doesn't stop, head on over to the Starfish Resort and Casino in Las Venturas. You deserve this kind of fun. Water slides, shooting range, and the kids love the Giggle Dome. Plus, we've got the hottest gaming in town. Nobody offers you more gaming value. And you'll teach the kids some important life lessons about real capitalism. <laughs> Dad, I lost all my money. You've learned a valuable lesson. Son, it's time for your first lap dance. <laughs> yeah, guns! Time is meaningless in the land of tomorrow. It's the Starfish Resort and Casino Hotel in Las Venturas. Mom can go all night on the one-armed bandits while the kids visit the Little Tykes Pawn Shop. How'd you do, Charisse? I busted myself and sold a kidney. That's my girl. Share the love with your family, the love of money, and the Starfish Resort and Casino has the best buffet in Las Venturas, featuring our world-famous bacon trough. The Starfish Resort and Casino. This kind of fun should be illegal. Shut up and sit down. I want to welcome everybody to a fantastic brand new episode of Third Shift. It is episode 344. Man, it's been a long time. We've been doing this forever. Gosh bless. I thank the gods that be that we're still here having a great time. Of course, I am one of your hosts of today's episode. It is me, Mr. Eric Batten. And today with me is the inglorious bastard himself, the special one, the one that wanted the Mexican food but may not get it. It's Mr. Man. He's here today with me, as he always is. And of course, before we get going on any video game stuff, Matt, how was the week? How was the weekend? What the hell's going on? It was a busy weekend, as it usually is for me, but like ex- extra especially so, because the weekend of busyness happened starting on Friday, because we had Good Friday off. Thank the good Lord from work. The one good thing that work does is give us plenty of paid holidays. Got on the Good Friday, went out with mom to go see John Wick 4. And it happened, Eric. It happened again. You and I have talked about this off air, maybe on air, I don't know. But the question is, background for you folks, the Regal I go to, it has assigned seating. When you open up, the when you go, you go on the app, it has little heads like in the seats. That's where humans are. If you go to the counter and get your stuff, who does that? I got the app. It has little marks where the humans are. Got our food, went in there. Hey, come on, Mom, into the theater. Here we go. And you do the turn and look. You always turn and look. You scope out where your seat is. You turn the corner and you look. There's two people right there. Hmm. Hey, I bet they're in our seats. Let's go up. Do, 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 do. As we're going up, I'm checking on the phone. Hey, there's my little head. There's Mom's little head. Directly next to us. There's two more little heads. Why do you do that? Who does that, and why do you do it? You gonna, I'm going to make friends at the theater? You're not going to be friends with me. I'm not going to talk. I'm not going to even say hello. I'm just going to sit in, and you're going to go, ooh, oh, oh, oh sorry, oh, sorry. We're, oops, oh, oh. <sighs> but it was fine because they were totally silent throughout the movie, as you are supposed to be in a movie, except for like a chuckle or a teehee. So it was fine, but I was just, I was baffled again, as I always am every time it happens, Eric. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Because why does it happen? Who would do this? I don't know. What kind of monster would do this? And it's funny you mention this. I wasn't going to mention it. I just let it go. It's water under the bridge, Matt. But when I went and saw John Wick, I went with my father-in-law, 
All right? You know what happened? The same thing. The empty theater, Matt. There was like eight people total in this theater, and two of them were right next to me and Brian. Yep. Why? Why? There's a whole empty theater. Why would you go, you know what's a good idea? It's to sit right next to these two other random human beings that are in this theater. And then to boot, it was a couple, Matt. So they come in, and of course, she starts walking in, but then she goes, oh, there's a random human. Oh, so, oh, oh, I'll sit there. Don't worry, babe. I'll sit next to the random human being. So he flips with her, and then he comes and sits next to the father-in-law, because I'm a smart banana, and I make sure I choose the outside of everything, so I don't have to ever engage with a human being, because if I don't care about them. Correct. But it happened. All that happened, and I just, I just let it go. I let it go, but you brought it up, Matt, and it's 100% true. What is wrong with these people who decide on an empty theater to sit next to the two other humans that are there? Why? And I would I would be benefit of the doubt, Jones. I would be devil's advocate McGee and say, oh, well, you know, maybe they were in the theater right when we got our ticket, so they, they kind of did the weird like pop-up thing. But no, Mom and I got our tickets at like 9 at night the day before, and – as we do every time, we drive to the theater and we check and see, hey, how many people are in here? Uh, nobody's there. So for at least over 12 hours, we were sitting right there. Why did you sit next to us? Why? What? What would possess you to do that? Sit at least two empty seats away. Two seats away. Or behind us or in front of us or anything. We're always in the back. So two seats away, that's fine. I can When I do the turn and look, I'll see you're over Okay, well, there are weird people who like to sit in the back, too. Or just sit at the end. I've done it before, before assigned seats. Oh, oh, the seats right in the back are done? I will just sit on the end of the row. Boop. A million, a million seats between. Stay away from me at the movies. But like I said, at least they were quiet. They didn't say nothing. They didn't do, no, do nothing. The very next day, had an equally, not strange, but an eh-eh experience. Went to the Williamson Theater to watch Mrs. Harrison, which... I'm not saying anything bad about the theater or the performance. It was all great. It's just a play I'm not a big fan of. I saw a reading of it a couple years ago whenever they did that. And I'm just... The story is one of those weird stories where, like, it's, it's, it's two people and having a conversation and, and a big thing happens. It's like, but was this person right or was that person right? What? Why did that person think they could do this thing? And what I don't, I don't know. But the performances were great. Like I told you off air, one of my favorite actresses, local actresses, was in it. So I had to go see it. She did great. The other girl did great, too. So just a a good performance, but the story's just not for me. The very next day, something that was for me, went and saw the Super Mario Brothers movie. And oh, baby, if you were a child of the 80s, if you remember anything from the 80s, if you grew up like I did and you, 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 saw, you saw all the same things, you know all the, all the references and all the things, if you played... Nintendo at all, like a regular Nintendo entertainment system. There are so many Easter eggs, all in the background, the musical cues, everything. It's so wonderful. The movie itself, it's, I mean, it's fine. It's a Mario story and it has some like, I was going to say DreamWorks type things, but it's Illumination. It's the the Minions people. It's got some kid-friendly stuff in there that I'm kind of like, eh, but then, like I told you off air, the first like whole 30, first, first 30 minutes of the movie, I was sitting in my seat just pointing. Like, oh, oh, look at that. Oh, oh my God. Oh, 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 back there. Oh my God, it's thing I won't spoil. Oh, look, as they're going down the thing, it's thing I won't spoil. So good. So much fun. And it just made me happy to see 
you know, a, a character, a franchise that I literally grew up with, done justice on the big screen, like in a good way. And just when Nintendo popped up, like a company splash screen, when that happened and that popped up, I went, hell yeah, this is, this is life. I can't believe what life is. And I told Eric this, my Regal has like the, the blocks and the flag and the castle and Koopas and Goombas all up on the wall in one spot. And then going down the hallway, you got cheap cheeps and coins all over the walls. It's beautiful. What a time to be alive. Another thing to do is play video games while you're still alive. And I decided I'm going to play one game on my PS5. I'm going to play one game on my Steam Deck, one game on my 3DS. I'm not going to go back and forth. I'm not going to do this because i got to get games done. And the game I'm playing on PS5 is like a Dragonetian. And that game is phenomenally fun. Every side quest is just a ton of fun. Every sub-story, every character, it's great. And then you go into the actual main story, and it's, oh man, dark and brutal, and look at this, and oh man, that guy's going to find out that I'm trying to do the thing. we got to get to figure out a way around that. Oh man, God, it's so tense and interesting. So it's a lot of fun. That's a lot of fun. On my 3DS, Radiant Historia, Perfect Chronology, that's a lot of fun too. I'm getting so many, like there's two big branching paths and off of there, there's little spokes that branch off too. And it's it's tickling all those fancies of mine of, you know, like when I play an Ace Attorney game, I have to do every single thing. I have to present evidence to every single person. I have to investigate all the different things. And this gives me that same feeling. When you get to a branching path, the main character stock will be like, hmm, I need to think about this closely. And so I'll you know, I'll choose one just based off gut instinct. And if that happens to be the good one, I'm like, oh, okay, I'll play until the next save point. But then I have to go back into the Chronicle and jump back in time and see the bad outcome every single time. And it's so much fun. It's not like, oh, man, I really have to do it. But it's just, ooh, what happens here? Or you get the bad one. It's like, ooh, okay, well, what can I do to get the good one? Ooh, and then picking up side quest stuff. It's so unique because... You pick up items and pick up things for side quests like in the past as you're in the future. You get the stuff and then you can go back in the past and give the item to the dude. And you go, oh my god, thanks. It's so much fun. I love it. That's great. And then for the Steam Deck, I've tried playing a couple things from my library and nothing was hitting. Like absolutely nothing. You know, games I picked up for two and three bucks here and there on sales and they just weren't weren't scratching the itch. So you know what? I'm just going to try it. I'm going to try Marvel's Midnight Suns, because I got it on sale, like 10, 20 bucks off. Heard it was good, heard it played well on Steam Deck, and it does so far, and I'm liking it. It is kind of, it's kind of weird, because your main character is kind of awkward. The interactions are a little, like, silly and dorky, but that's kind of how I like my superheroes. I don't like my superheroes too dark and brooding and serious and whatever. So if Iron Man and, and... Doctor Strange are going to goof about, and Captain Marvel is kind of goofy too, and even Blade is kind of goofy. It just feels feels nice when I play it at night, and I'm just like, I just want to have a little bit of a goof time, and then I want to have a cool card-slash-action type system in battles. I'm liking that a lot too. The sound effects, the, the presentation of it all, it feels really good. It feels nice, and then I can turn my Steam Deck over, and it blows really hot air at me because it's really working hard, and I go, mm, hot plastic smell in my face. I love it. But that's what I've been doing this week. It's been a pretty good week. What about you, Mr. Eric? Oh, yeah. Well, we had some family come up and visit from Ohio. We had my daughter's birthday party, and so they wanted to partake in that whole endeavor and just, of course, spend some time hanging out. So I had to go run into the old Harry Potter room and set up all my stuff and 
Let the it base doesn't exist. Be. You're a liar. I don't believe it exists. It's real. You just don't. I'm come definitely over. not going to come inside your house and see it when we're over You're there. You're going to finally weekend. see the Harry. It's, <laughs> it's in. Well, it's not in complete disarray. It was actually cleaned up decently. But yeah, you'll be able to see it. It's there. It exists. It's real. It's a, it's a thing that is there. So I set up a shop over there, and of course, did all sorts of family fun events. You know, did the birthday and all sorts of stuff. But I did manage to do some gaming. Of course, over the last week. And of course, I'll start with Wild Hearts. Me and Shay, weeks, were fighting these Frost Wolf. All right. This sucker is just giving us so much grief. And then on top of everything, it has some weird mechanic where if one of us, you know, the main partakers of said quest die, it's over. You can't die on this quest. So that made it even rougher because, of course, you know, we have a couple bears, we play the game, and he's a challenging boss. So it was so good. This last weekend, Saturday night to be exact, to finally get in there and beat this dude. We beat him. We got him. We smoked him up. Took us two tries, but we did it. And now it opened up. It went, hey, before you go to this new area, all the monsters you fought before, now they have super versions with upgraded, of course, pieces and parts, which get you better gear and everything else. Then, of course, they also introduced a bunch of new side quests that you can partake in. It was awesome. I wanted to keep playing, but we had spent, you know, most of our time getting that done, so it was kind of the end of the night, and I told Shay, I said, hey, over the week, if you can get to it and you want to, feel free. It's open rain right now. You know, go kill all the upgrade monsters, get the parts and pieces you needed. Have I been able to get on there? No, I have not. I have not, but I wish I would have, and I wish I could have. Maybe tonight will be the night I get on there and do a couple monsters, you know, since I don't have to work tomorrow. This would be the perfect opportunity to do such a thing. But I can't recommend Wild Hearts enough. If you ever played Monster Hunter, get on there. This game is so much fun. It's clean, crisp, feels good, sounds great. Just having a good time with it. Wish I could play some more of it. And, of course, that wasn't it. Hogwarts Legacy, as I tell you guys, I'm marching through. I got to say, I'm getting caught up, Matt. There's some side quests popping that I just, like, cannot ignore. They're like, oh, hey, there's a there's a rare chance to find this phoenix up in this mountaintop and da 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 and so on and so I can't not do that. I can't go find this cool phoenix and see what happens and what comes of it. So I have to do that one. And then there's one like there's this abandoned mine that I want you to go to. I can't ignore that, man. It's a, it's a dungeon that's just for the side quest. How can I let an entire dungeon go by the wayside? So I'm still plucking away. And I did do a couple main quests. And, of course, uh, a couple of the character quests. I think I'm getting to the tail end of one or two of them. And then I don't know the third one. I have no idea where it's at. If it, when it ends, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't really have that. You don't even get that gut check on some of those quests where you're like, I know where this is. I don't have a clue on one of them where the hell I am with it. If it's going to end soon or not. I still enjoy it. And we're having a good time. And I've told Matt off air, it's the weirdest game in the world because I have so much fun playing it. I enjoy it. It's gorgeous. It's beautiful. The side quests, the, everything you see and do is wonderful. But I have been pushing so hard to get 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 moving on. You know, you've heard it in the podcast a million times. So I don't know how to change that thought process, but either way, I still enjoy the game. And I think I'm almost there. I'm like at 92%. So we'll keep on trucking. There's no way in hell I'm not finishing this game because it has been such a great game to play and a lot of fun. Other than that, Resident Evil 4, not really making any progress. I told Matt Offair, I'll tell you all here. I booted it up, did the very intro thing, got murdered in the town. Hadn't, you know, couldn't remember what the hell I'm supposed to even be doing. Stopped playing. 
And then I went back to it. And I went, all right. And then, because Matt, he was like, hey, man, remember, you're supposed to actually just just survive. That's all you're supposed to do. And I went, oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. So I did that part. I survived. I did the whole thing. Moved on to the next area. Did it like another hour or so. I got into this other chunk that just completely murdered me again. And I went, you know what? Nope. This is it. I'm going to turn this off. This isn't getting played until I've caught up with the games I've been trying to play and beat. Because it's a great game. I'm going to love it. I know I'm going to love it. But this is not the time to struggle bus. This isn't the time to do any of that because I'm going to start cheating and just looking everything up so I can keep going and going and going because I, in the back of my head, I know I'm supposed to be playing this, doing that, doing that, doing that. So Resident Evil 4 Remake, you're wonderful. You look gorgeous. You feel gorgeous. So far, I really like what you're doing. I'm not sure if I'm on board with the, the difficulty yet. That's probably just me not being you know, in, in, the, in the know and in the feels right now of it. I'm sure I'll get better with it when I actually focus on it. But for the time being, it's on the side burner. The last game I tried, Matt, and I know you did too, is Grim Grimoire, okay? Mm-hmm. I popped that demo on, and I played up to the point where I got to the Necromancer stuff. I don't know if you went through the whole thing or if you stopped earlier, but I got to the point where I was using the Necro magic, and uh, I'm, I'm so torn here. I'm, I'm just 100% torn on this game. I really enjoyed it. You know, the visuals, the music, the just the, the whimsical story so far has been really fun. But I feel like they're front-loading me with all sorts of crap so far. This and this and this and this, and it keeps going. And then I did it in two sessions, man. So I did the first session, and it was making sense. I'm like, okay, this is this equates to that. This goes to that. This makes this to it. But then I stopped for like six, seven days or whatever it was and played just the other day again. And I'd forgotten pretty much everything it told me, except for the, you know, the very bare bones. So it's like, oh, remember, you got to do this and how to highlight all of them instead of just one of them. I don't remember this. Ah, crap. So I'm trying to figure it out and do this and that. And then the uh, little mini challenge where you face off against your your main wizard, you know, teacher or whatever, took like, not a long time, but quite a bit of time. It kind of felt really dragged out. And I don't know if that's the way it's supposed to be. Or if I just didn't summon enough elves to get the, uh, the the crystals going quick enough to where I'm getting enough of the uh, the uh, little pixies and get them down there to take care of the uh, the little defenders and then of course the uh, the rune itself or whatever. But I loved how it looked. I loved the feel of it. So I don't I don't know which way I'm going to go on this one. Yeah, I I did play this one. I only played for like an hour and a half, maybe hour or two. It was like right at the end of a night, so I didn't have a lot of time to play it. And I was just, I was just so torn on it because it felt like way more. And I know we talked about it in the release. It felt way more RTS than I wanted. I wanted tower defense, mm-hmm. like I, because it is that too. But it's it's both to a certain degree. So I'm sitting there. I'm like watching my little elves go back and forth, and I'm like, okay, well, I mean, this has. I mean, it, it is going to be what I like in RTS games, where I'm just gonna summon up a bajillion units and then just send them down in a big wad like I always do whenever I do these games. So it is kind of cool, but I don't know. I just set battle system. I don't know. There's something I've only played like an hour, so I'm probably not even as far as you are, but I was just like, man, I don't, I don't know. And the art style, I like it because I like some of the characters, but the, the story segments, I just, I was looking at it. I was like, I don't like this. Like I want those characters and that art, but I want it, smaller and in front of like a big background where you can like move around instead of just 
it was just static scenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this character came in, so they just their their sprite showed up, and that character went away. So it just went. Away. You know, it wasn't. I don't know. It's 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 weird because there's so much that I do like, but there's so much that I was like, I don't know that I like this. So I'm I'm torn on it, just like you said. Yeah, I'm I'm totally fifty fifty there. I wasn't so upset about the uh, the sprites just popping up and then you just doing the monologue with one another and then it just boop and then the next character pops up. That didn't bug me too much. And I mean, it doesn't make sense because I like visual novels and that's basically what that what is. It is. But I think maybe there was just wasn't enough. This will sound stupid when I say it, but like not enough differentiation between the background and the and the foreground art. Like they were all the same style. I don't know. Maybe it's just something about the way they. It doesn't make sense even when I say it because everything's beautiful, so I don't want it to look different. But it just, I don't know, something about the, I don't know. I, I don't know. I can't explain it. Yeah. Well, I'm in the same boat, but, you know, different reasons. Yeah. I mean, it's just 50-50 for me. I was like, all right, this seems pretty cool, but I don't know if I'm going to really, in- for me, it's more about the battle. I don't know if I'm going to enjoy that system. I-, I know you can fast forward time, which is really cool. So, Basically, you know, it just requires you to get a whole bunch of elves going, get your gems rolling, and then you start building up your attackers, and then, of course, you start building up your defenders, your ruined defenders, which will, you know, defend your uh, main base while your attackers are gone, and, of course, keep your elves alive while they're harvesting the crystals. It all builds and builds and builds and builds, but I don't know, for me, that's not my usual type of game. I just don't like sitting there going okay you know what first off i gotta get 15 elves because i know 15 elves will be able to produce enough crystals to get around uh 11 or 10 10 or 11 of these these little pixies out and they'll start attacking and then in the meantime which you didn't know they they introduced this other you know rune based thing that allows you to speed up time and allows you to do this it was it was just too much i was like i don't know man this i want to play this and i like the designs and of course when they got to the necro stuff the uh little the the defenders of your base or like these succubuses and stuff, and it's you know in the artwork, it's it's completely funny and ridiculous and over the top, which is what you you know you know in a vanilla wear for. You know, it's just like that's that's funny, that's cute, whatever. And I want to see more of like all that awesome artwork and all that stuff, but I just don't really want to play the game of sitting there building up my army to go like you said, lump some down to the bottom. Kill said baddies, move on to the next level. I remembered one of the other things that I didn't like, which is probably the stronger thing, was that, and granted, it's the tutorial, so you are just going to go from tutorial battle to tutorial battle. Here to learn a mechanic, do this thing. Here's the character. Here's the character. Mm-hmm. It was just like, I wanted some downtime. I wanted to be able to pick from a menu, which area do you want to go to? Mm-hmm. I want to go see the lion dude. I want to go see the old man and learn... You know the next thing. I want to go see the sexy lady. You know, I want to go see the the, the two the devil. The, yeah, yeah. I want to go see the devil dude and see what he's got to say. But it was just like, hey, here's a character. Now go to battle. Hey, here's a character. Go do a battle. Hey, battle. here's a character. Go do a battle. Hey, here's a new mechanic coming in. Do a battle. I was just like, I may. Oh man, just I don't know. You have to have it that that way somehow. But I don't know. It just felt like. I can't explain it. I wanted more downtime. I wanted more in-between time. I wanted it to be go hang out with characters, then go do some battle. Go hang out with characters and learn the thing while you're in there with them, and then go do the battle. But it was just all like boom, 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 boom. Yeah, unfortunately, I'm not even out of the, still not out of the intro teaching you how to use different things. So maybe it changes. I don't really know. I didn't do any like homework to see if that whole thing changes once all the intros and 
and whatnot are all done tutorials but for now it did not and even even though i got to the next set of magic it didn't change it was still the same setup as you just mentioned which how long does that go on until you've got all the different four kinds of magic that's a long long tutorial that's a long that's crazy that's too much for me there's no way I want to keep doing that all the way through all the different forms of magic I'm going to be able to use and then, of course, change in between to fight different kind of monsters because the different monsters have different uh, strengths, weaknesses, etc., etc., etc. So I don't know. I would say go check it out, as I already did in the release last week. Check it out for yourself. Looks gorgeous. Five Vanillaware. People love them. I love them, but I don't know if I'm going to get to this one or not. Maybe if I'm bored and like video games drop off for a few months, I'll go in and try to tackle it a little bit more. But for now, I think I'm going to have to put it on a back burner. Yeah, I hate to sound negative because I'm not really negative. I like half of it, like like we said. But like Eric said, go check out the demo. If you're interested at all, you can play a good amount for free and see if it is for you. I'm just hoping it opens up somewhere. And you can just like hang around the school and go to the different rooms. Yeah. But another thing that I want to do and get to play and, and find out more about is a game called Wild Frost, which dropped on the 12th, just yesterday as we're recording this, developed by Deadpan Games and Gazeter, published by Chucklefish. This released for the Switch and PC. And hey, I know, you've been crying out. It's been a while. When was the last time that Matt talked about a roguelite deck builder on Third Shift in the releases? Well, your ship has come in, loyal roguelite deck builder fans, because Wild Frost is here. And it looks so good that I couldn't watch too much of it because I desperately want to play this game. And this game, it's kind of a mix. I've heard a couple of reviews have said this. A mix between Monster Train and Slay the Spire. Obviously, they're both roguelite deck builders. But in Slay the Spire, it's kind of your character's here, you have your player turn, then the enemies go, and it's kind of just broken up like that. Versus Monster Train, you like throw characters out there and they interact with the enemies. But Wild Frost is even more... It puts an even different spin on it because you choose a leader character, you know, of, of a certain tribe, and your your stats are kind of randomized. So you pick from a few, and then you go. And along the way, you unlock new familiars, you unlock new abilities, the usual kind of deck builder stuff. But what's unique about it is you put your leader out there, and as you play cards, each card that you play in each character and each monster and each whatever that's out in the field, it has a counter on the bottom of the card. So it's not player turn and enemy turn it's you get to play now boom 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 play cards but each card you play ticks down the counter on every single card that's out there on the field so you have to strategize like well if i play this then it ticks me down so i can attack that monster but it also ticks them down and if they go before me and this character goes before that and this and that just throws a whole new little monkey wrench just in the whole formula where you can't just load up on cards like in Slay the Spire and go wham, 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 wham. I killed them before they could do anything. Now they're acting basically on the same kind of counter that you are. So as you're playing cards, they get to move essentially. And when the enemy plays cards, your characters that are on the field get to move and do their actions. So it's really kind of interesting. And another thing that's interesting is there's a little, I don't know how to describe it, like a little recycle symbol way down in the lower right-hand corner. And most roguelite deck builders, you only refresh your cards when it's your turn. But that's not how it works here. You get a whole little hand of cards, you play them, do-do-do-do-do. And as this recycle symbols counter, that goes down each time you play cards and the enemy plays cards. Then you can essentially, in the middle of your turn, so to speak, when that 
counters down, you can refresh your hand right then. Boom, done. You don't have to wait for anything. You can just get a whole new suite of abilities and then on your next play, you can start playing with those. I mean, there is a wait because you have to wait for that to go down unless you hit it early and then you kind of trigger other counters and all that stuff. But that's kind of another new little spin on the way that these normally work because it's not just my turn, your turn, I only get cards now. You can possibly get turns while it's the enemy is playing cards and now you have a whole suite of options to look forward to. Another thing to say about this game, it looks phenomenal. It looks beautiful. It looks gorgeous. Obviously, everything's on cards, but all the characters are really cute in this dark and serious and bloody game. So everything looks really unique. It doesn't look like Slay the Spire. It doesn't look like anything else out there. It looks really, it almost looks really wholesome and cartoony and cute in this big dark story, like I said. And I've also heard the runs in this game are really short, which is another kind of a new thing. Because when you play Slay the Spire, you can start at 9 o'clock and be like, all right, I'm probably going to play a quick run here and still be going by 10.30, 11 o'clock. And it just ruins your night because you're up too late. This one, I've heard some of the runs can be as quick as 15 minutes. So that's cool if you only got a few 30 minutes and you can get two runs in, bing, bang, boom. The only downside I've heard from that is you don't get that kind of journey experience that you do in Slay the Spire, where you're you're going through the easy encounters and ding, 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 and now they're getting a little harder, and now they're getting harder, but I've got my deck built up. Boom, 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 boom. So it's kind of like in your face, slam, bam, wham. If you're not on the ball, this game will kick your ass in 15 minutes. But if you are on the ball and you can kick the game's ass in 15 minutes, again, that's that's something you won't get from pretty much any other deck builder. If your run is over in 15 minutes and anything else, you screwed the pooch, and you are terrible. So be on the ball for this one, because I've heard it is really hard, which is kind of goes against that charming look of everything. But if you like roguelite deck builders, if you want something a little bit different, if you played a lot of Slay the Spire likes, if you tried out a bunch like I have, and you want something new, check out Wild Frost. It's a new spin on that formula that you and I love, Roguelite Deck Builder fan, so go check it out. I'm going to check it out, too. Well, before I get on to mine, man, I got to say, you say you're a Roguelite Deck Builder fan, but where, where's Voice of Cards at? All right? That's not a Roguelite Deck Builder. No? That's just an RPG, man. It's just an RPG? It doesn't have the decks? No. Are you kidding me? It's literally just a role-playing game. It's just... I, I talked about two of them on the releases, Eric. This I know you don't did, listen to me. <laughs> I could have sworn they were the card games, though. They, they are card games. Everything is cards. It's presented as cards on a but table. Yes. But it's not about building a hand of cards. It's not about the deck. It's just about... It's just... It's, they're just... The players are just cards. Yeah. Everything on it is cards, and the cards, you know, rip up or burn up when, the end, when you kill them with fire or whatever. But it's just like a traditional JRPG. Why the hell did I not play this game, then? I've been telling you to play it. I told you on the first one, you were like, I don't like card games. And I went, dude, it's not a card game. It's It's cards. been stuck in my head. It's been stuck in my head. You got to go back and listen game. to me on those two podcasts. I heard you, and it, it comes back to me, but I'm still like, it was still like he had to pick like certain cards. And no, man, no. no. You picked well, certain God abilities, bless. which are just on the cards, but it's not like mm-hmm. you draw a hand and this is what you're You're not drawing with. the hand and you only have so many to pick from yeah, or whatever. It's blah, Pete's blah, 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 turn blah. and here's his abilities, which are on the cards, and you just tip, 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 tip. Yeah. God bless. Because they, uh, apparently they just got a whole other DLC or something, season four going, and I was just like, I haven't heard about that since Matt talked about it 100 years ago. Mm-hmm. 
What the hell? What happened to that? Why didn't he play that game? It's got cards. It's, it's another cards. RPG. I got so many RPGs I'm playing. Oh my god, no! And the, the second one came out inside of like two months from the first one, and I hadn't yeah. even played that. And then I think, like you said, there's a third one out now, or deep or big DLCs. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, that's that's just RPG. If you just want some RPG fun in a weird new in presentation, a weird yeah. presentation via cards, that's the way you go. Okay. All right, I'll give you some slack on that one, but I'm still sad. I thought you were going to play that one, and I was like, yeah, maybe I'll just live vicariously through Matt on this one. Now I'm sad. Oh, well. I mean, I still want to. I still will at some yeah, point. Yeah, well, you know. I want to do a lot of things, too. <laughs> I don't know if it's ever going to happen. All right. Well, the ne- mine is a shorty. Uh, there's not a ton to say about it. It's Tron Identity. It came out April 11th. It's on the Switch and PC. It was made by um, Bythel, Bythel Games, and, of course, it was licensed, of course, by Disney. Now, what's weird about this is that it's a tiny little game, okay? It's a little indie, but, of course, it has the Disney license, so it's kind of strange to me that it didn't get, like, such big fanfare and, and just a much larger promotion and push for this. So I'm, I was just a little kind of, like, weird about it, but I got excited because... I like Tron. I love the original Tron. I love the newer Tron. I just enjoy Tron. And I was like, okay, this might carry forward the story. It's going to be great. What the hell is this game? It's a visual novel for anybody who doesn't know. And I'm still on board. I'm like, you know, I'm not a big visual novel guy, but if it's something I really enjoy, yeah, sure, I'll give it a shot. So then I looked into it, of course, for today's release. And it comes to find out that uh, what happens is you are the quarry. You're a detective that's brought into this server that was completely abandoned by users left alone to its own devices the uh the yahoos in there they did whatever they wanted to do and the repository is the central area of course of this said server and it's where all of your big dogs are handling business somebody comes in sets off a bomb steals a bunch of information you like i said the quarry get brought in to figure out who did it and why and where the information is and who's who who is it being leaked to etc 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 and then you will go about the repository. You don't get to explore anything else. It's just the repository, this one building. Through these different nodes, you can go back and forth from talking to different characters. And then, of course, in the visual novel, typical way, you're going to find out information, take that information, go ask different questions of different people. And you do get to make multiple choices and ask different kinds of questions while you're doing said investigation which will get you different outcomes, different endings, all that good stuff. So this game has some replayability because you can, of course, go back through and get different outcomes, figure out if you were right, wrong, or did you get all the information, not all the information. The characters, they look really cool. The only downside is that they don't move a lot. It's it's very, very, very like visual novelesque in the sense that the character comes up and they'll just like kind of shuffle around very mildly or blink their eyes or maybe like move their head very a little bit, but you don't get any more than that. There's no dynamic interaction, nothing like that going on. The environments, they look really cool. If you love Tron, you'll love the look of this game, but mind you, you're in the Tron universe the entire time. You're not going in the real world, nothing like that. So if you don't like the blues and the orange-reddish you know, color and the, the really Tron-ish look, that's all you're getting out of this game. So just make sure you go in with your expectations set right for it. But if you do want like a really cool, succinct, fun Tron adventure that is completely singular from the movies, it doesn't, you know, it's in its own server doing its own thing. This might be something you want to check out. 
It's about roughly two, three hours long. So it's something you can bite off in a weekend. Well, not even a weekend. Maybe for me a weekend, but for most folks, probably just one day. And you can get yourself a cool Tron adventure, figuring out what the hell's going on in this lost-to-time server with its wild peeps, crazy things going on. I was interested, and I'll be I'll be real upfront. I'm not going to play it myself, this one, just because I got super excited because I thought it was going to be a continuation. I was going to like get emerged in the Tron world that I know and love. But this, like I said, it's its, its own story in a, in a lost server. And I'm like, well, that's that sounds cool, but for me, I just I got too many games, and I want to be I wanted to get in on you know the real story, the actual main story, and this ain't that. But if you just love Tron and don't really care about you know all that, give this game a shot, or at least go check it out because the music was really jamming. I was having a good time with that. The visuals for me were fine, and of course, I do love an old school visual novel once in a while. This might be a game for you. Just give it a peek. I got told I got to promote it. You know, the Mike Bithell himself, he was out there going, hey, promote the game. So there you go. I did it. I did it. This is another one of those instances, Eric, where oh. I did a bad job. I did a terrible job. And the last time we talked about this, the last time this happened, when a game I was excited about came out and I had no idea, I said, hey, on this podcast, I said, hey, Matt, as you're editing this, you need to use, make better use of your wish lists and add stuff to your wish lists so you know when stuff comes out. Mm-hmm. I didn't know this was out until I saw it Last night on the releases in the show notes. And I went, mm-hmm. whoa. And just like two days before that, I had pulled out one of these giant lists that I made of like, you know, the Nintendo Directs or whatever, when I had like 18 games I was interested in. And I went, that can't be the game that was on there because I would have known if that came out. Hey, look, that's the game that was on there. And I didn't know that it came out. What a dork. What a loser. What a chump. <laughs> but I was, ex- I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to. See that it's out. Watch some reviews. Get mm-hmm. some get some more vibes from it, as opposed to that just that initial one. And see if I am going to pick it up. Because heck, two and a half, three hours. That was the amount of time that I played the Murder of Sonic the Hedgehog, and that was great. And it was nice to just I played a game, hop, I bit it off, and I'm done. Mm-hmm. It feels good. I, I completed it and had a great time doing it. So if this has some good reviews, I'm going to check it out. I'm going to play it. But something. That we've been wanting to check out and play because we've heard all kinds of stuff about it. And uh, you know me, I'm the one who is the most uh, hesitant about this game because everyone says this is going to be the system seller, the greatest thing ever. Redfall had an announcement and I only heard about it on Twitter and seeing the Twitter mob uproar, the nerd rage, the gamer rage. And I admit I felt it a little bit. Because I saw that Redfall is going to launch with only a 30 frames per second option with a performance mode coming later. And I went, on what planet is this acceptable? On what planet is this okay? And I'm not an Xbox hater. I'm not a Redfall hater. I'm not I'm not saying any of that. But we have talked about on that PS5 Pro discussion that we had how performance mode needs to just get wrapped up in with resolution mode. We can't have this 30 frames, 60 frames, nothing. But the only way to play games... Is 60 frames a second. It's 60 frames. Or higher. Obviously, if you can get mm-hmm. 120 and then, hey, you're you're golden. But I, I was just I was amazed. I was amazed and I was disgusted. And then I read all the all the defenders and all the apologists saying, you know, I don't actually don't mind playing games in 30 frames a second. And this is the one hill I will die on. I don't think it's acceptable. You can't play. It looks terrible. What are you doing? How could you enjoy that? What are you talking about? No. They're just making excuses. It's it's point blank period. You're making excuses. You're 
making you just being delusional. And it's just all because you love this game so much, you're going to go ahead and tell lies to try to make yourself feel better. And that's all you're doing. <laughs> there's no, there's nothing else. There's no other reason. That's it. What a terrible choice they've made. And the worst part about it, Matt, is they're not even the first ones who've done this. That's what, well, yes. And what happened before? They've got, to, the developers got torn apart over it. And they went and did it? Why? Why would you not just delay the game? I know you've already delayed this game a million times, but you know what? Just do it again. We're so used to you doing it. Just do it again. Why don't you just do the reverse? Make your resolution mode come out later. Release it at 1080p or whatever at 60 frames a second and be like, hey, we're going to have improved textures and better lighting and HDR support and 4K magoos. That's going to be coming down two months down the road. That people will wait for. That seems, I mean, obviously I'm the 60 frames per second guy, so that's how I want it first. But that makes sense to me. Make it downscale a little bit, get it out there, get it fast and playing good and feeling right. And then you can bring in stuff like, hey, you know, it'll take a frame rate hit, but it'll look real good. And now that you're used to playing it and you like the game, you go, oh, okay, I can take the frame rate hit. As opposed to, you're just going to jump in. Especially if you don't hear this podcast, you don't hear the news, you're going to jump in. Why does Redfall feel so weird? Why does it feel like not right? So slow, so clunky. To me, sometimes I can't explain why. Why does it look wrong? Why does it feel wrong? That's going to be why. And like you said, other games have done this before. Did you know that Gotham Knights launched at 30 frames a second? And apparently from what I heard only on Twitter from Twitter people, they have not put in a 60 frames a second mode and they won't. Maybe that's why half the time when I was watching it, I went, there's something off about this, and I can't put my finger on it. Why would you do this? It was a, It's a terrible, terrible choice, and you're exactly right. They should have done the exact opposite because not only, obviously, is that the better idea for us folks who like the 60 frames plus per second, which is most everybody. Most everybody prefers that. There's not a ton of people who want the quality over the uh, 60 frames. But the best point and the most significant point is everything they've shown you in every trailer and every gameplay event has been at 60 frames per second. So you're not even getting the game they've been showing you time and time again. You're getting a slower, stranger, weirder version of that game. And this is a fast-paced game from all I've seen. It's all about you being quick on your feet, making quick maneuvers, dodging those vampires, handling business, using your skills, all that good stuff. I just don't understand why they did this. And then to boot, we can go into detail of they've delayed this game a ton of times. Where? Who? Where did this not? Who didn't know? Oh, crap, George. We're not going to be able to have both versions of this game out. Don't, you can't tell me after delay, 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 time and time and time and time that all of a sudden, just out of the blue... A few weeks before your launch, you went, oh, man, we totally forgot to make that 60 frames per second stuff. We're just going to release it at 30. There was bad decisions made. Something went wrong and either didn't hold themselves accountable, didn't hold the team accountable, didn't fess up to some issues or problems. What the hell's going on with this game? What is, what is the deal with this? You know, it's it's arcane. I mean, they put out some really good games. So what is going on with Redfall that they've been delaying it over and over again and now just stumbled right up to the gate? And they're just, 
waving their arms around, looking like a complete fool about to launch this game. And they're not going to get a second chance. That's the worst part of this, is they're going to piss off everybody who wanted the 60 frames per second. They're not going to buy the game. The game's going to hit. This isn't a games as a service, so there's not like some kind of long plan of longevity going. People are going to go, oh, F it. I'll wait for the 60 frames. But we all know what happens. You you just let it go by the wayside. You play the next greatest, biggest thing, which is, might be a game we're talking about in a little bit here. And other games, the lineup this year is insane. So for you to stumble out of the gate and then just hope that people will hold on long enough to get to the part or the goods they want is stupid. And it's a mistake, and I think they're going to pay the price for it. Or like you said, especially, you know, we've seen it with a lot of games recently. If people do pick it up and they don't like playing it at 30 frames a second and they don't like the way it feels, they're going to say, ha, Redfall, biggest disappointment of the year. And they won't stick around for that 60 FPS upgrade when it does feel right and fresh and hot and, and everything's good and they do have some big DLC drop with it or whatever, it's going to be the same thing that it was with Domain no Sky, with Cyberpunk, with anything that has a bad initial impression. In theory, maybe. Hey, maybe everybody's still going to love it. I don't know. But it's just it was just something I figured we had to bring up because we did just recently have that performance versus resolution debate. And here it is again. Boom, right there. You know, if they just didn't say it's only going to launch at 30 frames a second. If they just put it out, it wouldn't be something to think about and go, oh man, I don't really want to download it now because it's still just 30. We would have just downloaded it and played it and probably went, it feels a little weird. And then a month, two months later, 60 FPS upgrade. Oh, hey. And if we're still liking it, hey, this is the best. I don't know. Just a, a strange story to talk about. Oh, man. I, I don't know. I, I I agree a little bit. You might have fooled the masses, like some of the masses, but I think that story would be just as damning if when it releases, they're trying to trick you and you know all the big sites. Redfall releases everything in 60 frames per second, but the game only allows 30. They lied to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and all of a sudden now you got this scandal. Everything's capped at 30. What a thumbs, mm-hmm. thumbs down disappointment. But where you're 100% right is that the reviews are going to inevitably be mid to bad because there's no 60 frames per second, period. It's going to happen. And then that's going to just everyone who is going to maybe check it out, it's just going to shy away from it. And then the, the and then it's on Game Pass. So you're going to get all those jokers who weren't going to buy it anyway or would have if it was amazing, but they're just going to go check it out on Game Pass, dibble-dabble, and then just be convinced by everyone saying, yeah, it's only mid. If it was 60 frames, it would be good. I just, this sucks. Well, see, there's the good thing. It is on Game Pass. So when that 60 frames does drop, I can just go, oh, there it is. Boop, boop. Download McGee and get it right away. And it just feels, I got to say, a little side tangent before we go on to the next thing. It feels ridiculous to be talking about 30 frames a second versus 60 frames a second. As I sit here in front of a 144 hertz monitor, and then I literally just watched, like yesterday and today, the tech dude that I like to watch on YouTube, Bad Seed Tech, he's reviewing 240 hertz monitors and a 360 hertz frames per second, whatever, monitor. I'm like, if we were talking about 30 versus 60, this dude's living on another planet. Mm-hmm. He's like out He's like out on the moon. He's like, hey, guys, the moon's great. And I'm just like, oh, I like playing with sticks and rocks in the dirt. <laughs> it's fun. That's very true. But we're only there because we have to be because we're broke. You know, if we were rich, man. <laughs> <laughs> we'd be up there, okay? And I don't know, maybe one of these monitors is actually a little bit better. 
but I, I'd have to go check the specs on it. I don't. I'm not really sure what this one is. The one I bought for my brother and sister. So maybe, maybe it's better. I don't know. I know it's got the, <laughs> you know HDR and all that good stuff, and you know one MS. Yeah, blah yeah. blah 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 blah. When I go into my gamer modes and it says 144, I go <laughs> yeah, and then I plug in my work laptop and it goes to 60, and I go, this is unacceptable. 60 frames a second on my work laptop when I'm looking at Excel files. Fooey and boo. Garbage, complete and utter garbage. But you know what? Let us know, everybody. Are you PO'd about the 30 frames per second on this Redfall? Do you think we're right and that they're just stumbling right into a big fail here? Or are we completely wrong and the game's going to do just fine? It's still going to sell bajillions and or do well enough with the Game Pass that the Game Pass gets it enough money. Because I still, to this day, don't really understand how Game Pass works. If they just pay one dividend to these individuals for this game or if it's royalties, etc. usage, I don't know. And regardless, I still got to see more like actual gameplay and actual skill trees about this game. Because I think the last time we saw a reveal and stuff about it, I went, hey, I need to see more. And I haven't seen more since. Mm-hmm. I've seen I've seen people talk about this just now. So maybe I've, maybe I've missed out on stuff, but... There might have been one in between. Where's more actual real human gameplay? Where's the, where's the real-life gameplay that has a couple streamers playing? Oh, they haven't had that yet. Yeah, that that's what I want. They don't even have, even have that yet. Come on now. If you want to go listen to podcasts, they've had that. Because there's, they've been able to talk about going in and playing it themselves. But yeah, there's been no uh, video that I know of of just the streamers, etc., YouTubers all just playing and having a good time. And that's what I got to see. Because I've said it a million times. It sounds cool. It sounds nice. But as I've always been with every game, unless I see it like in real human life with real human gameplay, I can't judge it or or say yay or nay. So I'm still holding out for that. Let alone anything else. And I know a lot of people are holding out for this, Matt. PlayStation State of Play came about. They announced it. They said, we've got a big old FF16 gameplay thing, Shindig, going for you. Over 20 minutes of gameplay and talking points, etc. But everybody got excited, thinking there might be actually a little bit extra, maybe a little bit more. Let me spoil you right now. There was not. There was not. This State of Play was exactly what they said it was. It was 20 plus minutes of FF16 gameplay. That's what you got. So if you weren't excited about FF16... Man, were you mad? Oh boy, did I see some did I see some comments about how mad that people were that only FF16 was talked about in this PlayStation State of Play even though PlayStation never said there was anything else going to be talked about in the first place. If you go on the YouTube like I always do, that's where I watch them. On the PlayStation channel, it says Final Fantasy 16 State of Play April 13th, 2023. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, Why again, on what planet? <laughs> on what planet did you expect it to be something else other than maybe like, hey, okay, a teaser image for Final Fantasy VII Rebirth? Okay, maybe something like that. But you're not going to get anything in the Final Fantasy 16 state of play. Yeah. <laughs> what, well, what were, I don't know what people's expectations were, why they got placed that way, but. There was a lot of people angry about the fact that it was just FF16. I am not one of those people, Matt. I enjoyed. All 20 freaking three, four-ish minutes or whatever the hell it was of this gameplay event, it really went in there and just showed you what you're going to be doing in this game and how it's going to be functioning. And just right off the bat, it's gorgeous. Holy crap. This game looks gorgeous, dude. I cannot wait to be in that world. I mean, maybe in resolution mode. So you got to oh, get yeah, temper yeah. your expectations go down to 60 frames a second yeah. mode. But, but I, I'm with you. Cause you know me. I normally 
especially stuff that comes out at five o'clock. I have to watch it on my phone while I'm eating dinner. I watched this on my phone and I couldn't believe how good it looked. Like the, the scene where like they're in that kind of like going towards a cave and it's like Sandy mountains kind of, I was like, it was so bright and, and real looking. I was like, God bless America. That looks good. It's crazy. Insane. Indeed. Every part of it was looking fantastic. So right then and there, I know time's definitely been put in this game. But then, of course, they started going with the characters. You know, they got Clive and Sid, and then, you know, just they were showcasing other characters and events like in little clips, so you weren't really sure what the hell's going on, but you were getting just enough to get a feel. And the story, like I said, I can't really speak to it because they weren't showing enough to really get anything going going, but it looks like it's going to go places. It looks like it's going to be a hurtful, meaningful, crazy story about all sorts of good and bad things happening. And poor Clive looks like he's going to be in the middle of this entire thing. And I don't know, Matt, but I, and maybe I missed something, but it looks like that scene where that little, the little kid, you know, turns into Phoenix and then starts roasting people. It looks like Clive steps in and like totally just like obliterates eats phoenix and just takes his whole icon right in that whole moment like i want to know more about that like does he just totally obliterate him or does he just take the icon because it sounds like you can just jack the icon and keep the human alive as from when i get like early on they're like hey we're going after shiva but just shiva yeah am i clear on that so I, i think you can save the people but still is he jacking them permanently or is he just adopting their powers? Because I still don't really 100% get what's going on with that part. And I, I don't get it either, but that's something that I've been – I mean, I think we've mentioned it before. Like how how deep is this? When you're going into these giant battles, we've talked about like the, the story behind that. Why is this happening? And especially now if you can if you can just take the power away, okay, cool. You can have like less intense stories, but if you can't – like especially in this scenario, then this story is gonna and has to go to deep dark places, just like right. you said. And then from previous trailers and this one, it's definitely going somewhere because there's a lot of angry people. There's a lot of different areas that aren't getting along together, and they kind of, you know, talked about it just a little bit in these, these this little uh, twenty minute plus clip. But one other thing I wanted to hit real quick was the skill tree. The, not not just the skill tree, but the icon skill tree. I immediately went, oh, my goodness. And we'll talk about the regular skill tree in a minute, too. But the icon one, I was drooling. Just seeing that all the different abilities that you get through having the different icons. And then you get to just pick and choose what you want. And then the fact that I was like, oh, if you're just too lazy to even read these and figure anything out, just click this button. And it'll just give you what we think is the best. And I'm like, that's cool. For, like, my daughter. That got me excited. Because I'm like, you know what? I'm going to try to get Elaine in this, get her loving this game, get her into Final Fantasy, and this is the perfect way to do it. But if I catch any of my friends or people I know saying that they just push this button, I will smack them. I will smack them. I will smack them. And it ain't going to be no remorse, no regrets, no sorries about it. I do think it's kind of interesting. Now, I can't speak to the skill tree because, like I said, I was eating dinner, so I think I missed it. And plus it... I'll just say it right here. I'm to the point with this game where I'm ready to not see anything else. Uh-huh. I, I hit that about halfway through, and everybody knows, everybody who listens to this podcast knows, I'm a weirdo like that. When I'm interested in something, I hit a point where I don't want to see any more of it until it's in my hands. And I got up there like right halfway through here, I think right when he was talking about that. 
But I do think it's interesting how it feels like in Japan, there's still that like core gamer versus casual gamer. Like there's, you don't cross the streams when you're there. You play Bayonetta style games. That's it. That's all you play. If you play RPGs, you only play RPGs. So all, so many different points in here. It's like, hey, so, you know, if you're new to action games, we're going to have these abilities. We're going to have the timing rings. We're going to have the auto dodge thing. We're going to have the level up so it's easy for you. We, it'll just pick the ideal thing for you. So it kind of made me chuckle that that's still like a thing. Whereas you and I, we play games from all over the place. We play all kinds of stuff. And sure, we have our niches that we really like, but I'm never just like, I, I don't play action games. What's an I've action never, game? I've never played an action game. How to, oh, I will say, I liked when he mentioned the auto-dodge ring. Because I was like, you know what? If I'm in a hard-ass battle and I'm just hitting my head up against the wall and I just can't get the timing right, it's going to feel better to just go, screw it. Dodge ring on for 15 minutes to fight this boss versus pause, go into settings, difficulty. Are you sure you want to change to easy? <sighs> no, I don't want to. And granted, I probably won't have to. I'm a great gamer. I love action games. But it's just, I like that it's just a, a, a piece of equipment. You just put it on, boom. So if you do have any trouble, boom. You put it on. When the trouble's gone, you take it off. There's not like you can't you can't change the difficulty back if you change it down. Blah, 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 blah. There's nothing like that. Just bing bam, out you go. Yeah. Now, granted, for a skill tree, I'll never auto level up anything. I will never do that in, ever in my entire life. Who would ever do that? But I just like I'm just, hey, I'm just saying. I like the I like the auto dodge ring. I like it. I like the rings. I like the introduction of those. As you already explained, they've they've gave it made it so you'll be able to get all this equipment that you don't have to touch but allow you to basically make the game way easier through different things. And it's so funny you mentioned this one, because this is the one, the evasion one, Matt, that I went, I will smack my friends if they use this. I will smack them. <laughs> I will smack them. This is the main point of an action game, is learning to uh-huh. evade the incoming attacks. You have to be able to give the tales. Oh, he's about to do fireball. Oh, he's about to do his flash kick. Oh, he's about to do this. I have to evade. I have to evade. If I have a magic button that just evades for me, that's 65, 70% of the battle. All I'm doing now is just, oh, I got to do fire strike. Uh, I'm going to do my jump kick. Oh, da, 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 da. I will say, it does even feel weird saying it coming from me because we played Elden Ring and I prided myself on when to block and when to dodge and how to do that stuff. So I'm not, I'm not like afraid of it, but I like that, you know, if there's just one battle that's just, I've said it. It's happened to me too. I'm not, I'm not going to say it hasn't. And also, I've said it before, these battles are like so visually intense, and there's effects and numbers and shit just flying everywhere. Screw it, this battle's too much. Bloop, ha, 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 okay, it's a little bit easier. I still have to use my attacks and use my strategies and stuff. But I don't know, I'm not saying I would definitely use it, but I like the, you slot it in, you slot it out, boom, it's yeah. done. It's no problem. And of course, it's fast-paced action, so you're going to be in here doing all sorts of quick attacks using the icon abilities, like I said. And on top of that, you're going to get friends, companions that are going to join you along the way, but you're going to have zero control of them in this one, except for your dog. Your dog, you will be able to give direct commands to, to go do defend, attack, heal, etc. There's more to it. I don't know too much, but you know, a whole sh- a whole shtick for your dog. But your friends, you can't. And that's something that. It's, it's good to mention that you do have party members, because in one of the last ones, didn't we say, hey, this is the only one where it's just you? It's not just you. You do have buddies. Now, granted, you, like you said, Persona Persona 4 or 3 style, mm-hmm. where they just do their own thing. But I still like that, you know, 
we've seen it. He's there with Sid. He's there with somebody going to do the thing. Why is it just Clive doing it? Well, it's not going to be. It's going to be you and your little party. Yeah, and no, my one worry is the same worry I always have. Is the AI smart enough to where they're going to handle business the way they should? And the only reason this worries me is because sometimes they'll be like, oh, he has two party members currently, so this boss fight's going to involve this and this and this and this. But if that AI is just ridiculous and has no idea what it's doing, I'm now in a boss fight that's significantly harder than a fight I would be solo because it's going to tune it to me solo. But instead it's going to say, well, he's had two companions who in theory are supposed to be able to do these things. But if the AI is just dumb and runs into a rock and just glitches out there and does nothing, I'm now handicapped in that fight. So I want to see how smart these AI are and whether they're actually there throwing out, you know, attacks, defenses, heals, or whatever it may be that makes sense and, of course, benefit me to match up with whatever it is we're facing at the time. I have faith that they'll just have it tuned directly for how it's supposed to be. And, I mean, obviously we haven't seen this at all, but if you can set up like a little, not gambit system, but like a little if this, then that type of stuff, hey, just heal me. You are the heal machine. You are the debuff machine. Just be throwing out poison. I don't care. Throw throw shell on me. Throw poison on them. You keep me healed above 50% at all times. That's all I need. And then we'll just make it work, you know? Yeah. I, I, I faith they're going to do just fine. But it is a small concern in the, in the inside and in the core of me. But one thing that got me stoked was that uh, the Thousand Tomes or whatever that was. Mm-hmm. Yep. It was like some kind of history kind of thing you can do. And it, it switched over to the old school Final Fantasy yes, vibe. Yep. I Had, was going to mention that. It yeah. was so cool. And it was just such a clever, fun way to get you involved in the history and the uh, the back end of the game to learn what it's actually all about and what's going on in this story. Because a lot of people just skip through that stuff and keep moving. But if you're a Final Fantasy fan and you really love it, they just made this super clever, fun way to get you in because you get to see the cool little sprite action, the old school music going on, and of course, see and learn new stuff about this title. That whole little area. Again, it was it was after the halfway point, but it did spark my interest because what have we seen so far? Clive running down a straight line and beating up a bad guy, and then the bad guy turns into a monster and you fight him. And that's all they've shown. So seeing this whole like back end, hey, go back home, talk to this character, learn more about the whole region over there. Learn how, learn about all the different characters that are over there that you're going to meet. Learn about the people that you just were with. Go talk to this guy and you know, the, the Thousand Tomes. Recount tales to him and then blah, 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 blah. Go to the bounty board where the little Moogle's at. Go hang out with other side characters, with Mid, with a ponytail, which is totally a throwback to Final Fantasy V, but I'm just going to say. Yes, that was awesome. Seeing that there's going to be like a world or a town or a base or something at least where you can go back to and spend time and do other things other than just bolt straight to the end. Start the level, essentially. Start the region. Run to the end. Fight the big boss and go home. I mean, it's a Final Fantasy game. It should have that. But since we didn't see any of it, it was good to see that there's more than just run and punch and then turn into a monster and punch some more and then shoot. there's, There's Final Fantasy in here, too. You know what I mean? Yeah, oh, it's definitely Final Fantasy in here, and I to see the guild type bounty hunter, uh, you know, rank C, rank A, rank F, whole shindig return. I was just over the moons. I love that. I love going to the bounty board 
and going, all right, I'm a C rank hunter. What can I take on right now? And going and just doing those one-off hunts of the different monsters or whatever the or the collection, you know, ones doesn't matter to me. I love that because it just gives you that whole side game to play. And then of course it benefits you in the main game because you're getting unique weapons, armor, gear, or elixirs, etc., that are just gonna make it even easier. And I don't remember if they mentioned it specifically, but hey, if Aramon shows up in the whole region that I was just in, that gives me a reason to go back through that region and find him and get some treasures and uh, explore some side paths that maybe I didn't and then do that. And so it's not just, again, not just beeline through. Okay, well, go to the next region. Now, hey, since you cleared out that zone, a dragon showed up and a winged thing and Ultros is back here in the secret cave. That's the kind of stuff that I love, just exploring and finding and going back through the places that I was just at, even more powered up now going through wreck and shop on those enemies to find that secret bounty hunter boss or, or whatever it is, you know? Yeah. It, it really got me stoked. Of course, seeing the Moogle there, you know, Koopo Koopo, you know, I love Moogles. I've got one sitting right over there. As a matter of fact, just that felt good. It felt great. And then of course they showcase the icons themselves again. We've already talked about that a little bit, so I won't go into it big time, but they showed you more battles and how you'll be fighting the icons, you know, as an icon yourself in different ways. And, all of them looked really cool, but man, oh man, when you were fighting the uh, Titan Lost and you're just running as Ifrit, and you're already a ginormous icon, but you're just small on the screen, hopping around this this icon that's just unbelievably large, that to me just made a, put a smile on my face. Yeah, absolutely. I love the uh, the Panzer Dragoon style battle where I think he was Phoenix and then the it other was one Phoenix was... Phoenix fighting off against Bahamut. Oh, yeah. They even said it. All kinds of different styles of, of battles as these icons. And that excites me. So it's, so it's not just one-on-one big Ifrit brawl. Now there's ones to scale. Now you're flying around doing a 3D shooter type of thing. It's going to be awesome, dude. Yeah. And then they did they did the Street Fighter one. It was you going I Street Fighter. It. I missed it. Oh my gosh! They had you even had uh, health bars and everything at the top oh, yeah, of the yeah, screen. I saw those, and you're yeah. just, it was ridiculous. I can't wait. I mean, is there any more? I mean, there's probably more, Matt. I'm forgetting, but this 20 minute plus trailer was awesome. And if you're still on the fence or don't know, and you watch this, you're gonna come away knowing whether you like this game or not. I think. I agree with you because, like I said, it got me hyped up in all the ways that I need to be hyped up. But if they do another one. You're going to be on your own with that one because I'm done. I'm done. I'm done watching because I'm, I don't know if I'm sold, sold, but I'm, I'm definitely going to play this game. We've talked about it before. Do I want to get it now and play it in the middle of my Final Fantasy thing or just hold off? It looks too good. I'm going to have to get it, but I'm at the point where it's just, you, you sold me. I'm, uh, stop. You see, you see the sun shining on my face? And yeah, I'm shading the sun's myself. Stab, stab it. Stab it. I'm sold. Don't show me too much. Don't show me too much more. I'm, I'm done. I'm with you up to one little piece. I don't want to see more of the gameplay, and I don't want to see more of the story. I don't want to see any of that. But at the very end, he said, hey, guess what? I got way more to show you guys. We only gave you snippets. And he went, blah, 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 blah. But I want to also give you end game plans, what we intend for oh, end yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I went, what? End game? You're doing Endgame? What's that mean for Final Fantasy? What do you yeah. mean? Like DLCs, like you tried to do for FF15, but it didn't work out because, of course, just everything that happened with FF15. Do you mean that? Like you're going to have like DLCs and stuff? Or do you mean like you have an actual Endgame that I'm going to be playing post game 
to make myself even better to go up against, you know, Giga Bosses or something. I don't know. That's the only part that I'll watch. If they have like a little snippet or a little trailer or a little, you know, what to for that, I will watch. The others, I'm with you. I'm done. I don't want to see no more. I want to go in this fresh and be surprised by what I get and the characters I meet and the icons I go up against, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. When they do talk about Endgame, I'll, I'll listen to that. You know, I'm not a big grinding guy. I'm not a big Dungeons or Raids guy. So when I whenever I hear Endgame, it either is something that falls flat or it's something that's not usually for me. But what does that mean in Final Fantasy 16? Does it mean you're going to, like you said, with DLCs, going to a new region, gigabosses, what, going through New Game Plus type of stuff with different aspects and different things turned up? Mm-hmm. I'll be excited to hear about that. But what about you out there in podcast listener land? Are you excited for this? Or did you just turn off when I said Redfall at 30 frames a second is not for me? Are you, are you not even listening to this right now? Let me know. Let me know if you're not listening to this right now via the email, thirdshiftme at gmail.com, on the Twitter machine, at thirdshiftme. Find us on Facebook under Third Shift. Hit up the Discord. Join the Patreon. Hit me up, twitch.tv slash thirdshiftme. I'll probably be playing sometime soon. Woo! It's awesome. You can hit us up on all those places. Also, we are live on Facebook. By golly, get on over there. Check us out. We're doing something. We're doing stuff. We're in the Discord, chit-chatting with the folks. We're having a good time in there. We're also on Patreon. You know, like what we're doing, like what you hear, you want to support us. Two bucks, three bucks, five bucks, a hundred bucks. That will get you some cool brand new shows to watch, listen to, whatever. We don't watch. You got to listen to them. I don't know why I say watch. But you can get over there and you can do that. You can support us. Helps keep the lights on and getting equipment. Things we need to just keep on podcasting and having a good time with you. On Patreon, you can watch the GIF that I select that goes with each <laughs> yeah. one. You can watch over that loop and over and over again listen. as you listen, okay? <laughs> That's what you get to do. But you get to do it, and if you do choose to do that, we appreciate it so very much. And if you can't, you say, no, you know what, Eric? Gosh bless, I need those bucks. I really do. i got to buy a bottle of water because I don't trust my water in whatever ho-dunk place you live in. I understand. I get you. I get you. You can go over to Twitch, though. You can support us by throwing your freaking Amazon Prime money that way because I know you got Amazon Prime because everybody's got Amazon Prime because nobody goes to the stores anymore, and that's all I see. So don't try to tell me otherwise. But if you can't even do that or don't want to do that, you can go to Spotify and give a five-star review. You can go to the iTunes give a five-star review. You can go throw a mailbag question our way and say, oh, I really like this and I want you to do that. You can do all those things. And it's great and it makes us feel good and we have a great time with it and you'll have a great time with it. Everybody's happy. And we'd be happy if you'd listen to the very next episode, which will be dropping on around the 20th of April. I feel like we have an early record coming up. Yes, we do, because I'm gone. I'm going to be in Chicago, Matt. And it's not my fault this time. So screw you, Eric. You're always screwing up the schedule of the podcast. I can never keep it straight. But what I can keep straight is you can listen to that very next episode on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Podbean, on Spotify, and on YouTube. And as I always say, hey, if you like what we're doing, you'd like to help us out, please give us a like, a rating, a review, a comment, a subscription, any kind of good thing on any one of those good services, because it does help us out. And we really do appreciate it. Indeed, we do appreciate it. We appreciate all you fine folks out there who have ever listened to this show or will listen to this show. And I'll just say, go do the dang freaking five stars. That's all I'm going to say. Just go do it. Go. I know there's more of you listening than there are five-star reviews. Okay? We see the numbers. And it's not matching. It's not matching. Go take a few minutes out of your day and go do the thing. Because then there'll be more people, as we always say, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Get out there and do it. I don't know. A post-Easter gift to us? Maybe that'd be what it is right now? 
I don't know. Just go do it. And with that, there's nothing else to say but... Don't forget to save coupons. Shut up and sit down.